Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey legends, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of Fat Chat by Body Magic. So the episode today, I have got a current listed NBA player. He uh, has just been drafted to the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's been over in Perth playing for the Perth Wildcats the last few seasons and he's just made the move over to uh, Melbourne United uh, for uh, this upcoming NBL season, which is super exciting. His name's Luke Travers. I've been pestering him for that long to come on the podcast, so it was so good to have him and he was such a great guest. So well, obviously we talk about everything to do with Luke's career thus far from being a development player with the Wildcats to then finding himself onto an NBA list with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And what we really deep dive into is everything to do with Luke's performance. So he tells us everything that he's been working on the last few years in terms of his mental preparation, his physical preparation, uh, and also how he's improved uh, some of his basketball skills. For example, his three-point shot he took from uh, shooting 30% at the start of the NBL season and then making some of these changes and then finishing off the season in the back end, shooting at 60%, which is absolutely wild. So it was really, really interesting to uh, get a really uh, deep inside with everything that he's uh, been working on. And any young athlete, any young basketballer, anyone that's got like a passion project, really, I think you're going to take a lot away from this interview and I'm going to really, really enjoy it. So uh, he was a bloody legend. Thanks so much, Luke, again for coming down. Let's get into the episode with him. Here we go. All right, episode today. My goodness, I'm excited to have this bloke in. He's a championship player with the Perth Wildcats. He's played for the Boomers. He was picked number 56 in the 2022 NBA draft for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And he's just signed a brand new deal with Melbourne United. Thank you so much for coming on down. Uh, Luke Travers, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much coming down and doing the podcast today, mate. What's been going on? Not much at the moment. Um, besides all the basketball and gym, pretty much playing golf just about every day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, besides that, just chilling out at the moment. So it's been good. Nice. How many months have you had off now since um, the, the end of the Perth season? I believe it's been maybe two months now. Yeah. Um, so it's been, uh, yeah, like I said, super chilled and... To be able to relax for a bit is something different that I haven't done for about two years. So it's most been definitely. Good. Well, I guess because your last ones you were over in America and were you play yeah. you were playing SBL in in between one season as well. Yeah, so two years ago it was SBL um, throughout the whole off season. Then obviously last season was um, yeah all the LA stuff and all the Madness. draft stuff. So it's pretty crazy now to have actually a bit of time off and it feels weird does it feel good just to rest up the body for that time as well yeah for sure i've been dealing with like knee tendonitis and stuff like that for a while now so um yeah to be able to chill out and finally yeah narrow down on that and try and fix that is uh something that i wanted to do for a long time so it's been good nice and uh have you had any trips you've been to i've seen on your social you've been to bali yeah uh how was bali yeah bali was sick um couple housemates um 
So that was uh, a good. We only went for five days, which is like the perfect amount. Yeah, for Bali, like we were pretty sick of it by um, by the end of it as well. Most so of, there's only so many Bing Tangs you can yeah, you can exactly. drink, and so many uh, uh, vodka Red Bulls, and yeah. you go, yeah, no, nah, I'm out of here. So. Yeah, a lot of milkshakes by the pool. <laughs> yeah, as well, so of course, of definitely course. Definitely to burn that off. And then there was Bali, but then the other one I actually wanted to ask you about was you went to Kalgoorlie <laughs> as well. How was Kalgoorlie? Because I actually just been to Kalgoorlie recently too. How was that? It's actually not that bad. Like it was a <laughs> good time away. Um, went for about yeah, same thing, like five days. Um. Funny thing is, I posted that uh, story of the super pit, and I posted um with the Grand Canyon tags. Yes, yes. Oh my god, the replies <laughs> I got to that. <laughs> I had Americans in my DMs being like, "Oh my god, like he's back in the states and all that stuff." I was like, "No, no like this I is- went into that. I was like." It's nothing compared to the Grand Canyon. <laughs> and then I posted that, all the Americans. Yeah, that was disappointing. But to sure. be fair, did it when I first saw that, when you posted that, I was sitting next to Beck and I was going to do the stories and I saw it and I went, hang on, because we'd just been. I went, yeah, yeah. that's the super pit, isn't it? Like, <laughs> so it got me too. Yeah, like, there's a lot of people that thought that. So. Uh, Kalgoorlie, what a wild place though, hey. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, small little city, but um, yeah, it was a, a nice couple of days to get away for sure. Nice. And what was the reason for that trip? Just because? I got a couple of mates uh, out there playing basketball. Oh, yeah. as well so um, nice yeah just hang out with them for a bit and also just get away as well yeah most definitely and then you've been super busy as well the last um you know month or two months and since um are finishing up because you're a free agent uh and um you know you've now left the wildcats and you signed with melbourne united tell us about this little patch for you and how did that all come about and yeah. um what, what are your feelings around that now yeah, so that last couple of weeks was, uh, I want to say, not stressful, but it was definitely different Like yeah. just because that was my first time in four years to be a free agent and stuff and talking to other teams. So that was super different. But, um, yeah, enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, obviously excited for the next opportunity that I get um, with Melbourne. Um, so just looking forward to that, to be able to live in a new city as well, change the scenery, um, and then also to get to know new people and stuff. Yeah. So just looking forward to all that. And did you think that you just needed somewhere new to go to, just like a bit of a fresh start for you, or was it for more opportunities for things, or what? What was sort of the reasoning behind um, you wanting to uh, look elsewhere and make that decision? I think it was a bit of both. Like uh, obviously, maybe a little bit more opportunity, um, and yeah, like my, like I said, my goal is to get to the NBA. Yeah. Um, so I think I needed a little bit more opportunity as well, but also just change of scenery. Like sometimes feel like you might get too uh, comfortable and stuff like that with um, living at home and having family and friends around and stuff. So to be able to get out of that comfort zone um, and then, yeah, move over there and just sort of focus on basketball for a a little while um, is probably something that I needed. Most definitely. And uh, one of the things that I'm really making a theme of this podcast that we're going to talk into is about, um, you know, your improvement, your development. You touched on just then really getting outside of your comfort zone and um, and pushing yourself, which I, uh, when I'm looking at all of your stuff, it's, you know, I really admire that and I go, wow, you know, it's, it's so impressive how much you've improved and how much you're pushing yourself like that. And I can't wait to get into all of that um, side of stuff with you later on. I'm sure everybody's going to find that super interesting. But just before we do that, for maybe someone that doesn't know you just as well let's paint a little bit of a picture about uh, Luke Travers and how you sort of got to where you are right now so um, tell me a little bit about uh, you growing up and about your family and all that sort of thing so yeah super close family um, grew up playing just about every other sport besides basketball like, is that right yeah golf was first one at five wow I played that for about two or three years um, then obviously moved on to footy like every other Australian kid um, yeah. it's super cool to play Are you good that. at footy yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, yeah, I played that till I was about 14. So that was the one that stuck around for the longest. Yeah. Um, played soccer before that, T-ball, 
all that. And then uh, eventually at about 11, uh, I went down and watched my brother play basketball and instantly fell in love with it and gave it a try. Um, and then from then on... So up yeah, until 11, you hadn't played basketball? Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. So I was at that point, I was playing footy and basketball and... Yeah, by the end of that was just became too much. Like my body was sore by the time I played basketball, sore before I play footy and all that stuff. So um, at about fourteen, decided to put footy aside and just focus on basketball. Um, and then ever since then, just haven't really looked back. Amazing. And were you pretty good at all those other sports? I imagine someone like yourself was just one of these guys that's one of these annoying athletes <laughs> and just so good at every sport or whatever that they do. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and just uh, yeah be <laughs> yeah, arrogant and he stuff. He was good. But he was I, good. I wasn't too bad at some <laughs> of the sports. Um, but, yeah, it's just the, the competitive nature of it was just the fun part. So, um, yeah, enjoyed every single sport that I played. Great. And what was the first club that you played for? You, uh, you grew up in Rockingham, hey? Was it Rockingham Flames that was your yeah. first junior club? from 11 to... I want to say my last season with Rocco was, I want to say 17, um, before I signed with uh, Wildcats and stuff. And then obviously moved to Coburn and then um, signed with Mandra but didn't play a game. Um, yeah. But yeah, from Rocco, from yeah the minute I started playing, um, my first game I got approached by one of the scariest coaches I've ever met. Um, at that point, yeah. looking back, I'm like, why, why was I scared? It's Tyrone <laughs> Thwaites um, came up to me after one of my domestic games and just asked me to come down to state champs trials. Um, did that. What made him so scary? Oh, I don't know. Like just at that point, I was um, yeah still pretty young. Um, and I rocked up to that training session, did it, got through it, didn't show up for the next one. Like was way too scared of him and stuff. So wow. put that aside for a bit, um, focused on footy. Uh, and then, yeah, maybe like a year later, ended up doing – the whole wobble system and stuff like that. And that was, yeah, awesome fun. Amazing. And uh, you're really uh, good mates with Luke Jackson, which, mm-hmm. you know, everybody loves to talk about every – I think if any either of you do anything, it's there's some article <laughs> between yeah, the two sure. of you, which but, is – Yeah, that's super cool. Like we grew up together um, through high school and, um, yeah, I can say he's probably the biggest dickhead I know for sure. <laughs> so to see him doing what he's doing is pretty impressive. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, the, the teams that you played together in, there was uh, national teams and you went to school together as well, went to Williton High School? Yeah, so we played um, under 16s, 18s, 20s, like state teams. Yep. Um, so that was always good fun. Um, the Australian teams, which was, yeah, something that you remember for the rest of your basketball career and stuff. So, And then obviously high school um, played there together. So... Anytime we shared the court was um, a lot of fun and um, it's, yeah, stuff like I said you, that you remember for the rest of your life. Mm, and who's better? You yeah, I'm going to say me. <laughs> you know, when I've asked him, he says yeah, he, I expect that completely, <laughs> but yeah, sure. Um, and um, uh, your first professional team that you were playing for was the Wildcats. How did that come about? Because you were a, a development player and for anybody that doesn't know, well, the development player you know kind of is pretty much you get on the court for the last you know 60 seconds of the game when you're 20 points up or whatever and you get these really small little opportunities and um you know there's the grind you got to fight and really sort of uh, make your way into the team what was that like when you first signed with the wildcats and you know that first season where you're a dp maybe not getting uh, as many very very small opportunities but making the most of them yeah i think it was a real eye-opener um i remember graduating uh, from high school and then like a week later I'm um, straight into training and stuff wow. and I mean that was a you know like I said eye-opener because you know I was training with you know guys like Damo Martin um, Bryce and stuff like that and that was were you a Wildcats fan growing up as well yeah for sure uh, I remember Amazing. yeah after domestic games and stuff you yeah go home and you watch the Wildcats games and stuff and um, yes yeah, so you grow up going for them um, and then eventually playing for them at the same time is uh 
was a dream come true for sure. Uh, but yeah, like I said, going into finishing high school and then a week later you're into training, you got to learn wild. from those guys. But that was um, and it's I imagine it's such a massive step from sure. going from you know as much as you were training really hard and everything with them yeah. um, with the national junior national sides and SBL and whatever. That's a whole another ball game, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And going in like it's seven o'clock weight sessions and stuff, and I barely lifted before that as well. So I'm going in there lifting like 15 kilo dumbbells and everyone's like like doubling my weight. Yeah, and it was crazy. But um, yeah, you just got to get through it, and then eventually it all um, it's smooth sailing after that. Yeah, and Trevor Gleason was the coach as well. Yeah, and he was uh, yeah very very successful, Um, and you can see why when you actually get around him and um, yeah you learn from him as well. So that was a a real good um, first year. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, after that, was the rest was history and it was good fun. Yeah, most definitely. And what I touched on before was the uh, the small opportunities that you get as a development player. You were one of the one of the only real develop, de- development players that I can think of that really made the most of those few seconds that were on the court. So if you get on in that first season, those early opportunities, you'd get a bucket, you know, you'd, you'd get a yeah. shot, you'd get a steal, you'd you know, sort of – do, do a couple of really good things just to show that bit of potential and make the most of those opportunities. What were you working on at the time and maybe what was the mindset at the time when you were getting those little glimpses and making sure you did the best you possibly could with those small little chances to then create more opportunities for yourself? Yeah, I think it all started with training. Um, obviously, you don't really get too many opportunities on the games, yep. um, but training was the one opportunity that you sort of get to show what you can do um, and sort of just get used to that sort of environment as well. So once your name was called in those games, um, whether you're up 20, down 20, whatever it was, um, yeah, like I said, you just got to make the most of it and uh, have no regrets was the big thing that I was uh, sort of living by. Um so when I got out there, just um, yeah, putting it all out in the court and um, yeah, like just never leaving anything behind as well. So those are uh, yeah, little moments that you get. Yeah, you just got to make the most of it mm, for sure. And you played with Damien Martin, Bryce Cotton, uh, Greg Hire, all these great Wildcats names. Was there anyone that really took you under the wing early on, or still does, and sort of helps you out through? Uh, anything basketball uh, related yeah so um when i was playing for rockingham at about 15 um we signed a guy called greg hire mm. um so that was um yeah real cool to have him around um and he yeah definitely took me under his wing um especially for that first couple of years with rocco um and from then on um two years later i signed with the wildcats and he's still there so he was um yeah something that I like to have around still to this day. Like he's still in my corner and he's always um, messaging me and stuff. And on Twitter, you go to battle for it. <laughs> does he really? He yeah. loves it, does he? He loves it. He wakes up every morning, <laughs> sees if there's anything there and if there is. Cracks the knuckles and go, here we yeah, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So to have him in my corner is um, yeah super helpful. And for that first couple of years, um, definitely needed it for sure. And you improved so rapidly year on year with Wildcats, so much so that, you know, you had so much uh, personal success, but team success as well. Um, part of the 2020 championship team. Uh, and there were some other um, uh, playoff appearances in there as well. What was it like being such, uh, being part of such a successful team and being able to, you know, build on, on yourself so much with all these other really experienced guys around? Yeah, I think um, that's just sort of what is what is expected of Wildcats, um, especially for the last, you know, 20 years and stuff. So they're expected to get to the finals and stuff like that. So going into it, you just sort of got to prepare for that, um, whether it's taking care of your body um, or, you know, working on your game as well. So um, going into that sort of new, that's what, I, what was expected of me. Um, so that definitely helped with the mindset sort of thing. But um, 
yeah, like I said, having no time off for the last two years is something that um, has helped me for for those moments as well. So, um, yeah, I say putting in the work um, for those last couple of years definitely helped for that. For sure. And then the 2021-22 season, that was like your breakout year and there was – it went from you were getting some good opportunities, but now there was all this hype about you about, oh, he's going to go to the NBA and he's got all that potential. What was that like when the hype started to kind of happen and how did you deal with that at the time? Yeah, it was a... You obviously dealt with it really well because it, it, it worked out know. for you. But. Yeah, it definitely was um, Yeah, pretty crazy. I remember starting the year, I was at the, at the four, um, didn't go too well at all. I was starting games and then eventually minutes just started to decrease um but yeah i just gotta had to stay ready and stuff and then obviously bryce went down got my hair cut got the mullet um <laughs> and then uh, yeah sort of just went up from so there it was all the started, mullet, yeah. started playing a lot more minutes and um making the most of it as well so um and that finals or the playoff series with the illawarra hawks you're was, huge yeah. yeah that was the yeah i want to say some of the top moments of of my career so far as well so um that was super fun and um yeah sort of just started everything else for me for sure and was it always a goal of yours to be nominated for the nba draft or get there or was it more something that you were just playing the best basketball you could here and that opportunity then came up once you started to play well how did that kind of come about so before i signed my three-year deal with the wildcats Mm -hmm. um got a call from Daniel Moldvin, who's now my agent, mm-hmm. um, and he just called me and said, look, I've got this three-year plan for you. Um, you're going to sign with the Wildcats. You're going to play your first year, uh, play your second year, and then that year you're going to declare for the draft. And at that point I was like, yeah, all right, that sounds pretty cool. Um, but at the same time I'm trying to keep it realistic. Um, mm. But So I got through that first year. Obviously that second year rolled around and um, that was – yeah, the the year to, to make or break it. Um, so going into that was um, something I was excited for, but also like uh, a little bit nervous for sure. And then that series uh, rolled around the finals and all that after it as well. Um, and it was all starting to happen. So like, yeah, just sharing that sort of moment with my agent, um, remember talking about it and then eventually it all happened as well. Um, was, yeah, unbelievable. And it's like, just goes back and be like, wow, like, this guy knows what he's doing um, and that's sort of why I've um, put so much trust in him as well with everything that's happened after it as well. Most definitely. And was there quite like a – it sounds like there was quite like a structured plan uh, in place for um, creating that for you. Yep. Can you share any of that that was some of the focuses for you guys? I mean, for me, it was just go out there and play basketball. Um, he does all the work behind the scenes. Because um, I imagine there's so much, you know – Like uh, it is crazy. I remember going over last year to the States and like he's on the phone pretty much every minute of the day. Um Planning it. He's it's got like so baller stuff. It's yeah, just like, like he's just planning everyone, all their futures and stuff like that. So um, there's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes with him, um, and I just have to go out there and play basketball and do my best job of that. Um, but yeah, we had a, a plan out um, of going to the states and improving and all that stuff and um, everything that he's put out in plan has pretty much happened so far. Amazing. It's pretty cool. And how did you actually get into contact with him to start off with? I actually don't know how he had my number or my mum's number, but yeah, he just randomly called when I was about um, 17 and he was, my mum came home from work. So I had this missed call from this guy called Daniel Moldovan. And I remember like going, who's that and stuff. And he just pretty much left a voice message and he was like, look, I have this plan for Luke Travers um, of – this three-year plan, like I said, um, and we want to put it into into motion. So my mum called him back the next day, um, listened to what he said. Uh, she came home that day as well and 
pretty much said like this guy knows exactly what he's doing. Um, I think you should seriously take a listen. I did, and yeah, everything like I said, everything that he's put out oh, to right. plan has pretty much come true so far. So that is um, actually amazing that he yeah. sort of saw that in you so early on, sure. and there was the processes in there so early on for that to happen. Wow. Yeah, and I think that's sort of why I put so much trust in him because there wasn't too many people. Obviously, people believed in me at that point, um, but yeah, like I could probably count them all on my third, like on one hand. So um, to have that sort of belief. Um, from an agent uh, is definitely something that, yeah, I won't take for granted and something that, um, yeah, it's definitely stuck by me so far. That's amazing. And now tell me about actually going to the draft. Uh, where did you fly into? Um, what did you know? What were you expecting? Was it anything like what you expecting? Was it totally different? I had uh, probably zero idea of what I was actually going to do over there. Um, flew into LA, spent the first mate. Three weeks Have you been to America there. at all before? That's yeah, so I went to like a couple AAU tournaments and yep. stuff like which is like high school tournaments for if you want to go to college and stuff, which obviously didn't happen. Um, a holiday as well with my family. But yeah, going into it, three weeks out in LA, just worked out with um, Jordan Lawley, Tony Vestaturo, and they were unbelievable for me in that first um, yeah three weeks as well. So going into it, I had nothing planned or didn't know what to expect but flying from city to city like literally day after day to work out for these teens was yeah took a toll on the body for sure absolutely Um, and mentally i'm sure as well because i'm sure you're tired the the time difference you're away from your family like you said you're not not knowing what to expect with it all as well yeah i remember having a sacramento workout worked out flew out that afternoon then had a Clippers workout the next morning. Fuck, like so it was how many how many teams did you end up working out? I for? ended up doing I believe ten. Yeah. So like that was <sighs> like probably the worst one flying out that afternoon. But all the other ones were work out, have the afternoon to yourself, fly out the next morning. You got a day off. That's your one day off, and then you're working out with another team the next day. But yeah, that second the back to back ones were yeah they definitely yeah took a toll on my body and mentally um, wow. as well. But once it's all done, like you just got to put your best foot forward. And I feel like I did that. So I was in a pretty good headspace at that point. Um, draft night rolled around. Um, obviously I was living with Dyson Daniels who yep. um, yeah went eighth pick to Amazing. Pelicans. And he's doing so well now. As yeah, well. he's killing it. So that's super cool to see. He flew to Brooklyn to be there. I was still in LA, like at a house by myself, um, just over the phone with my mum. Um, obviously the ad break went So in. you don't actually get to go to nah. the draft if you're not in the top whatever? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how it works. Like um, I think there were some people that were in the second round that were actually there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I decided to stay home. Uh, well, not home, but LA. Uh, obviously didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, you don't really know until the draft starts rolling around. And yeah, that second round rolled around and um, getting calls from my agent saying, just be ready and stuff. And um the pick actually was, hadn't been announced yet. Got a call from my agent and he was like, welcome to the NBA and all that stuff. So that was um, a crazy oh. experience. I didn't know what was going on because the pick hadn't been announced yet. Get back on the phone with my mom. I'm like, I think it's happening. Um, she gets onto onto the TV and obviously the Cavs pick rolls around and it all happens from wow. there. Which, um, yeah, it was su- like you're seriously lightheaded. You don't know what to say. Um, but yeah, that was a super cool moment. That's insane, bro. That's sure. actually nuts. Wow. Yeah. And then how many teams – so you worked out with the 10 teams. Were the workouts that you were doing with them pretty similar or were they all very different? Uh, yeah, most of them were pretty pretty similar. It's a lot of like three-on-three three stuff. You're yeah. just getting shots up as well. Um, but some were a lot more intense than others. Like yeah. some will finish off with running or 
something like that. Mine weren't too bad, uh, but I heard stories about, you know, other got to do like 21 laps in a certain amount of time Fuck. or three minutes straight. And like you said, and when you've done 10 of them, you're like, yeah, exactly. I can't be fucking this, of them, bro. <laughs> I don't even think I was like, I think everyone did like 20 and stuff like that. So I only did 10 and that was crazy. So wow. yeah, I imagine them being a, a lot more worse than I was. For sure. And did you actually do any workouts with Dyson Daniels as well? Was there any ones that you were there at the same time? No, nah, I think they sort of keep... Um, Maybe like sort of draft range, like where yep. you think you're going to get picked. They keep those sort yep. of yeah players in the same sort of boat. And so, what were some of the who were some of the other guys that have also got picked up that you were um, working out with? Was there was there many? Yeah, so I did a lot with like people that were you know like twenties. Uh, I think uh, Blake Wesley was one. He ended up going like late first round, um, and there was a lot of guys that were like the twenties to thirties. So to work out with them, and I think I. Definitely held my own for sure. Yeah. Um, and I've said that in a couple of interviews as well. So that was super cool to just experience that and sort of go up against those sort of guys as well. So, um, yeah, that was yeah real cool. And were you quite confident with all the work that you did that you were going to get drafted somewhere? Uh, or you still just had no idea? You still you just yeah, kind of like... I feel like you have no idea. And even like my agent saying, like, we still won't know until draft day or when the actual draft is getting rolling. So I was definitely confident with how my workouts went. Um, I think they went real well. And um, yeah, I think Cleveland was probably my best one for sure. So lucky that all, yeah, planned out like that. Um, but yeah, you seriously don't know until it's all rolling as well. Unreal. And then what was it like when you got to Cleveland? Um, and did you do a few weeks of working out after that? So before you came back here and started back with the Wildcats? Yeah, so it was me, Ochai Baji, who was like the first round pick for Cavs. And then Isaiah Mobley, who was another second rounder with Cavs. So we all went over maybe two weeks before like summer league camp started, which is just where we get the whole team in and start training and stuff for a, maybe like a week before summer league. Was that um, just sick? Just... It training was. with those guys. Yeah, so they give us like sweets as well. and oh, um, Full, full. Yeah, I mean, Cleveland experience. is, it's not a bad place, but it's definitely not like, you know, LA and stuff. So it was super, super chilled, um, a bit like Rockingham as well. So yeah. um, any little um, bits that I can get from home, I uh, definitely need it. Um, so yeah, that was a super cool experience just to be able to, you know, live there for a little bit, um, experience that sort of thing, and then go from there to trainings and um, experience that with another guys that, you know, get drafted and are going through it all at the same time. So to share that with them definitely made it easier. Most definitely. And when you were training there, so what was the sort of communication with the coaches and the management, all that sort of stuff? So they've obviously drafted you now. Um did they kind of make it pretty uh, clear that, oh, you know, what routes that you can take or some options for you to sort of go forward to try to then crack into stuff? I don't think they really did that like until after summer league. Yep. But while I was there, like they definitely give you sort of a plan of things to, to work on. And at that point was definitely my shooting. Um, so we spent like, you know, half an hour before every training getting up shots as well. And there was like, man, there's like 20 coaches as well. So like they have like – three rebounders at each court. Unreal. Um, so there's just so many people. And, um, yeah, so we had JB Bickerstaff, who's the head coach at Cavs, pretty much run all the sessions as well. So you're super nervous for that as well. So I'm trying to put your best foot forward as well and not freak out too much. Um, but, yeah, that was super cool to have um, him around as well and then all those coaches trying to help you out as much as they can. Um, but, yeah, once Summer League ended, um, they sort of just give you like a – like you said, a sort of um, options to have. Um, and I mean, at that point, I didn't really have too many. It was just sort of, it was Wildcats and that's it. Um, so 
but they still give you uh, a lot of things to work on and they're staying like constant communication with you like throughout the year as well. So that was, uh, yeah, real cool to have in my corner as well. Um, and it makes you just watch the NBA a little bit more closely as Most well. Most definitely. Like, supporting the, the Cavs and stuff and um, even just talking to like Mike Gansey who's like, yeah, he's pretty high up uh, over, over at the Cavs. Um, just talking about the games and stuff like with him um, is, yeah, super cool. That's amazing. And so then you came back to Perth, you played the season with the Wildcats just gone. Was there lots of communication back and forth? Were they always checking in with you? I think, did the GM of the Cavs come over here for a couple of games and yeah. check you out as well? Yeah, so that's that's Mike. Yeah. Um, oh, that's Mike, yeah. Yeah, so he was super helpful and he was always staying in communication as well as um, James Brandon. Um, he came over uh, for preseason. Um, and spent a couple of weeks out in Darwin, um, which was wow. probably not the first place you'd go to <laughs> yeah. in, in Australia. But um, to be able to hang out with him and just sort of um, talk about plans and stuff like that is, yeah, like I said, it's super cool to have that in your corner and um, not a lot of people get to have as well. So that was, uh, yeah, real cool. But, yeah, I think they pretty much they said they watched every game um, and give you feedback as well. So, um, yeah, that's definitely pretty helpful. Amazing. So as you know, I'm a massive cat supporter and I uh, love to hear any stories to do with the Wildcats. So ones that I think they're always so good that I love to hear are sort of behind the scenes ones. Maybe, do you know, did either you or anyone you know get any really good like sprays from coaches? Uh, I love hearing those stories. They're always so good. Yes. I don't know if you'll like me saying this, um, but Kev White, uh, I remember it was my, I want to say, yeah, my second year. um, We're in the middle of training a Probably was completely my fault. Some dude leaks out in transition um, and Trev's gone up to Kevin being like just fucking grilled him. He's like, what are you doing? Like just standing there at half court and the dude's just leaked out and stuff. Um, and Kev's gone up to him and goes, like he's getting grilled. Like Trev is giving it to him right now. Um, and he just goes, oh, well, can we – like we have a TV on the sideline. And he goes, um, can we like watch it back on film? Um, and Trev goes – Fuck no, get to the baseline, start running. And he's just cutting laps. I'm pretty sure, like, I've never said it to him, but oh, I'm no. pretty sure it is completely my oh, fault. Like, so I've he's just, just taken the full yeah. wrath of Trev for And him. he has no idea that it was my fault. And this dude just run straight by me. And I've just watched him and the dude's leaked out. He's got a dunk and, like, he just completely blamed oh. Kev White. Oh, man. But that was um, seriously funny. And I remember him saying, like, can we watch it back on film? I'm like, no, don't we can't do that. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> you went and ran and got the yeah. tape and you threw it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, Trev's gone, nah, that's it. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, because I seriously would have been in some strife there for sure. Would have <laughs> got funnier. an apology to yeah, Kev sure. and then another grilling over to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Cool. And uh, is there, who's like your hardest player that you've had to match up on for, you've played in so many, well, NBA, lots of different leagues and, yeah. and all over the place. Who's been the guy that's like, oh, fuck, I'm playing on him today? So obviously, yeah, got to quickly shout out Bryce. Mm-hmm. Like going up against him every day was um, unbelievable, and he is so shifty. Like his change of direction and stuff is so quick. Uh, obviously, being a taller guy, it's not as quick as him. Yeah. Um, so trying to stick with him is pretty hard to do. Um, but I remember going over to states, like I said, and Jordan Lawley runs these open runs every Friday, um, and he brings in these NBA guys. So remember my first session, I'm like, my knees like still a little bit sore. I'm like, oh. Uh, I don't know if I want to do anything too much today. Um, and I remember getting there and Jay Law's like, yep, open runs today. Uh, all these guys start rolling in. Um, and then Stanley Johnson, who's he's a pretty good role player uh, in the NBA right now. Um, he was with the Lakers at that time. And I'm like, 
all right, like, yeah, I should be able to hold my own. This guy comes out and, like, <laughs> first three possessions, just whack, 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 three threes. I'm like, fuck, this is going to be a long session. I'm still sore. Like, I've got to, you know, guard him at the same time. Yeah, yeah. He's hit threes after threes after threes. I'm like, fuck, like, I've got to close him out now. So I'm sitting there, make him drive by. Dude goes down to the post, starts backing me down. Oh, and just, just puts got me all the right moves. under the rim. I'm like... Like, How did I get laid it in? Yeah, and he's just he's scoring bucket after bucket. I'm like, this dude's like a role player in the NBA. I'm like, it was a real eye opener. I think I held my own like on the offensive end, maybe not defensively. Like he's um, next level, and like he's a role player. So like seeing him do that uh, as a role player in the NBA just sort of makes you realize like, fuck, I, the I level get that to, you need to get yeah, to. I got to get to that to to be able to you know, make it to the NBA and stuff. So did you play was, with the Wildcats when they did the games against the NBA teams? Did you nah, play with them? that was the year before. But, yep. yeah, that would have been a super cool experience. But, yeah, I remember even seeing that, like, Bryce went off, like, 33 against Denver as well. So that just sort of so shows, like, the level that he is at. Um, and it's super cool to be able to go up against him the last couple of years uh, every day at, at training as well. So that was um, – yeah, like just shows that he's really that good. So like I mentioned at the start of the podcast, uh, why I admire you so much as an athlete and as a person is because of how much you've been able to improve year on year. It's amazing. Every time you come back with the Wildcats, you come back so much better. You've worked on something and, you know, you touched on uh, some of the uh, stuff you're getting up to training-wise before. I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. So in the last 12 months, what was the big uh, goal for you physically, mentally, skills-wise, anything to do with basketball? What was the what was the goals and did you achieve them? Yeah, so going into my first year at the Wildcats, I was about 90 kilos, like super um, fragile yeah. and stuff like that. So obviously wanted to work on my body. Um, didn't do too much those first couple of years, like just sort of wanted to... In terms of in the gym stuff you're talking? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, I was just sort of, you know, scoping it out and trying to get used to it also. Like first couple of years weren't too much. Um, then maybe like two years ago, that off-season that I signed with Mandra, obviously wasn't doing too much just because I was trying to get the knee right as well. Um, so obviously didn't play a game for them, but was working on my body like a lot. So I remember... Yeah, every day was in at 7 o'clock, even in the off-season. Like, it's obviously not what you want to do, uh, waking up that early. Um, I was still living in Rockingham at the time, so I'm up at like 5.30. Oh, to trek it all the way. Yeah, driving the freeway, peak hour traffic, um, get there at 7, 7.30. Um, and I'm lifting, you know, for that good hour and a half nice. uh, for that whole off-season. I remember finishing that off-season at about 95, 96 wow. kilos. So, like, it was a yeah quick transition to put on that sort of weight um and then that sort of helped in that next couple of years and were well. you working with the wildcats for that was there someone at the club you're working with for that or yeah, you just so, doing solo or uh it was all pretty much josh kavanagh um yeah. he is he's been unbelievable for me for those first couple of years like that first years like although i wasn't doing too much um in terms of lifting like heavy weights as well um but getting used to it yeah. um was something that i needed to do and definitely helped for like i said that off season that i'm yeah, put on all that weight as well. So that definitely helped. Um, he helped me, like, yeah, a significant amount. Like, it was unbelievable. Yeah, awesome. And uh, in terms of skill-wise as well, was there anything in particular that you were focusing on for the last 12 months? Yeah, you so... You shot your uh, yeah. three-point shooting before? Shooting was uh, a massive thing. So it was just the body and pretty much shooting uh, was the the main focus for the last couple couple years for sure. Um, and I remember going over to the States and they sort of knew that, that was what I needed to work on. I remember two years ago shooting like 25% from three. 
from three from that year um, and going over there. Like, obviously, you need to work on this. Um, to put it lightly, uh, you yeah, you're not a good shooter. That's what I said. So I was like, who gave you yeah, that feedback? Right. Uh, that was Tony Vasaturo, right. but like, yeah, he's super close to me now as well. So um, those sort of things definitely helped and opened my eyes for sure. So going over there was getting up shots like. I want to say at least like 500 shots a day, um, whether it was shooting in the morning or a bit of skills work in the morning, then coming back later that afternoon and getting more shots up. So wow. that definitely um, opened my eyes and um, just worked on it from that whole, you know, couple of months that I was out in LA. Um, and then during the season, I started off the year not too bad. Like I think it was maybe like 30%. Um, and like when that sort of happens, you're like, wow, like, was it really all worth it and stuff like that? And then halfway through the year, we had that little fever break yes. and um, I pretty much just went in the gym every day and worked with Mike Kelly, who was unbelievable for me throughout this whole year. And um, yeah, it was just a whole shift in like mentality. I think it was the main thing for me. Like I wasn't second guessing my shots, um, wasn't, you know, thinking, am I open or am I getting closed out and stuff? So I was just shooting them with confidence. Um, and and that, do you think that's what the biggest thing that you changed? It wasn't necessarily anything technique wise that you yeah. changed. It was more so just that you were doing the reps and also the confidence in your shot. For sure. I think definitely, uh, I think it was a bit of both, but yeah. definitely more the confidence. Um, just sort of getting back to narrowing those little points down of getting low in a stance. Um, and then yeah, when you're open, shoot it with confidence. Um, and, soon as that happened, um, I think a lot of people have said it, like it was maybe like 60% from three uh, for that whole last half of the season. Yeah. So, yeah, that was um, something that I want to keep doing. Obviously, it might not be as good next year um, just because hopefully the volume's up a little bit more. Like I think it was yes. like two and a half attempts uh, per game, which is not too bad, um, but I want to get that up as well. So um, whether it's still try to keep it at like 35%, um, that's definitely a goal of mine for sure. Most definitely. And were you working, you obviously mentioned you were working with Josh in the gym uh, and Mike Kelly for uh, sort of shooting and stuff. Was there anybody else outside that you were uh, working with for anything to do with your health, fitness, well-being, skills in terms of like, so I know there's lots of sports psych stuff that people work with now that really help with confidence, um, nutrition, dietitians, anything like that, like extra? Uh, definitely sports psych. We yep. have, uh, we had a new one this year with, um, Kim Mercer and I like seriously went to her like quite a bit, like for, um, just visualization, um, Such a big thing. Everybody that I've been chatting to has been sure. the visualization side of things that's really taken off. Hey. Yeah, for sure. And I remember even like before I was like, oh, like how how good can it be? Wishy-washy uh, fucking. Yeah, uh, that's, exactly sure. the, that's exactly the sort of stuff that I've thought about whenever I've gone and talked to a psych about whatever. You go, yeah. oh, is it going to help? And then you get in there. For sure. And like talking about like just anxious, like anxiety for sure is like something that I had to deal with throughout the first couple of years at Wildcats. And talking to her about it and she gave me all these um, techniques to use to help that. And I remember obviously TikTok, I'm scrolling through and Christian Petrarca is talking about it. I'm like, okay, like maybe I should give it a try was open to it, started it, and maybe like two weeks in, I'm like, holy shit, like this has changed everything. Like during games, I'm like visualizing certain moves to do, um, how my shot's going to look, and like that's probably another factor of why, you know, my shooting and stuff changed during that last couple um, games as well. So like I remember just sitting in the locker room before, like I'm closing my eyes, I'm doing my shot, um, and yeah, throughout that whole 
second half of the year. Um, I want to say that definitely helped as well. Amazing. And um, without, obviously, because I'm sure there's some um, uh, secret parts of that that you work on and don't want to sort of chat about because that's, you know, what, what you're currently working on. What were the kind of techniques, general techniques that you were doing with your sports cycle, maybe early on that you tried that were just like, oh, wow, that was like the first little step for you to really um, get behind it? I think um, a lot of it was that visualization, mm-hmm. um, whether it was before the game or even like during games, like in timeouts, I'm sitting there um, and I'm just closing my eyes and just thinking about, you know, certain situations that I'm in. Yep. Um, and so it was like thinking of a specific situation. Yeah, and how I'll get out of it or that. what I'll do in that situation. Yep. Um, and that helped like tremendously. Like I remember going back to her and being like, this definitely helps. And then we went like, got like these mottos that I live by, um, which was like, I'll never be beaten in the air or I'll never, uh, I'll always outwork my opponent, stuff like that. And just like going back to timeouts, like if I see myself drifting off, um, just going back to those sort of mottos or, you know, start visualizing again, um, just gets you back in the moment, um, back in the game as well. So yeah, that helps. Yeah. Heaps. Absolutely. Yeah. And I can, uh, I've been doing it, sort of doing some of that stuff yeah. for myself and business wise and all that sort of thing. And it helps sure. so much. It's actually just crazy how much as soon as you start to put some of those little things in. So the NBA is like a very different league to any other league in the world in terms of like the system um, and cracking in. And there's probably a lot of sort of like a little bit of politics and this around all that sort of thing. What do you think that you need to do for this next little phase to give yourself the best chance of cracking in and really giving it a good go? I think this next move that I've um, yeah, put together is definitely the the big part of it, moving away from home yep. um, and then just focusing on pretty much, I don't want to say everything basketball because I don't want to you know overdo myself as well, yep. but, um, but focusing a lot more on things outside basketball as well. Like I'll come back to, you know, if I'm living in an apartment, come back to that and you know, eat right or um, sit there and meditate or whatever it is, like just anything that I need to to do to, you know, get my body better or get my basketball better as well. So I think this uh, next move is um, definitely going to be helpful and it will definitely prepare me for those things, you know, like if I'm moving to to Cleveland or wherever it is, um, would definitely help me for sure. Most definitely. And uh, following on from that, so what sort of things do you do currently? Say like your week. What's a week look like for you with uh, amount of training that you do? Uh, are you shooting every day? Is there days off? Uh, your food, is there something that you regularly do? All that sort of thing. Just sort of those, those more habit routine things. Yeah. Um, what, what's your routine like? At the moment, like it's, it's pretty chilled. Like I'm trying to also um, get as much rest as I can before I hit this out for, you know, the next couple of months. So, but still, you know, gymming, um, I try to go Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday and shooting on those days as well. Yep. So, um, but as soon as I get that out of the way. Do you train before you, do you do your weights and everything before you go shoot? Or? Yeah. So normally I'll like lift maybe like nine, 10 o'clock yep. um, and then shoot. Like I'm all at Coburn Arc at the moment, yep. like just lifting there and then shooting straight after. Are you just lifting in the gym there? Yeah. Oh, sick. Like just public um, sort of gym. So. Everyone coming up to you or what? No, nah, it's not too bad actually. Oh, cool. like, I have, don't think I've had once. Wow. Um, so it's been super Not chilled. fucking famous enough, obviously. Nah, obviously <laughs> not. Um, but I sort of go in those times where it's a little bit more quiet as well. Like I don't yeah. want to, um, you know, get in the way and also, um, you know, you just want to sort of smash it out as well. Of course, of um, course. So get that out of the way and then go down and shoot. Um, and then pretty much after that, like I'm chilling out. Like I'll go home obviously. Um and whether it's go play golf or um, just play video games or something like that, sort of just try and take my mind off basketball at the moment um, before I, you know, smash myself out as well. So um, at the moment, it's super chilled. Uh, it's been 
been real good. Yeah, great. And uh, for sort of like, you know, young basketballers maybe listening to this and um, identifying with some of the uh, the journey that you've been on thus far and the wanting to improve their game, improve their skills, do you have any tips or bits of advice that you've used early on or currently using that some younger players out there might hear and go, gee, I can start to implement that? For sure. And I think it's something that I even look back to this day. Um, like I said earlier, like I – at the beginning of my career was no regrets. Um, but I wish I said that earlier. Like um, I remember having the opportunity to live over in Canberra in the um, Institute of Sport. Um, and I put that aside to, to be home with family and friends and stuff like that, which I want to say is maybe a little bit of a, a regret for me. Um, but I remember coming home was still like a pretty good opportunity to play NBA one, um, which was still cool at that age. I think I was like 16 at the time, but I mean, yeah, to be over in Canberra and you're training against like the best level of your age in Australia uh, was definitely something I wanted to do um, and I should have done, I think, for sure. So um, I think growing up, just having no regrets and being outside of your comfort zone is something that um, I wish I did a lot more um, and it's something that, you know, all these kids can – they've got so many opportunities these days with um, so much exposure. So uh, I think that's the biggest thing that I wish I did uh, growing up and it's definitely something that all the kids out there can still do now. Absolutely. And man, like I said, that's one of the things that I admire about you so much is because of how much improvement that you've been able to make. And that's from hard work, dedication, putting yourself out there. It's not fucking easy stuff to do. So it's, um, you know, it's very, very, very impressive and it's obviously paying off amazingly for you. So moving on to this year with Melbourne. uh, So what's been, what's been said so far? Are you changing? uh, You wanted to play a little bit more guard? Uh, Is that kind of, again, one of the reasons that you may be looking to to move or? I think it's pretty much a little bit the opposite. Like I'm going to play a lot more of the four is that right Um, cool yeah so we've got a super super stacked team at the moment Uh, a lot of yeah who's in who's in right now so we've got jla yeah he's a weapon Um, because he's just been away for a year as well yeah he went to china i think you played with him before yeah oh no i haven't played with him but i um i spent that little bit of time out in la with him he's obviously another moldovan client so um i lived with him for a little bit Um, really great so that's That'll be super cool to have him on my team as well. And Most definitely. Obviously, um, Aru Huckbordy, who's another uh, – he's a German – or French French kid or German? Yep. German. Yep. That's the one. Um, so he's another NBA-type talent. He's still – I think he's 20. Um, so another young guy that's trying to get to the NBA. So if I can help him in any any way, and he'll help me, obviously. Um, then obviously, Shaley, Chris Golding – um, so it's the guys a, that have just been around forever that, that'll have for sure. just a wealth of uh, wealth of knowledge I'm sure yeah and to be able to learn from guys like that is um, something I'm looking forward to but also have a little bit more of a um, a bigger role or leadership role or whatever it is um, so definitely looking forward to that um, and yeah to try and win a championship as well as get to the NBA um, I think those sort of Results will all just take care of itself. Um, if we're winning, um, hopefully we're all playing well as well. So it, yeah. it'll be super cool. And when do you head over? Where have you got a start date? Uh, are you going back to the US anytime soon as well to do anything? Yeah, so I head back to LA for a month cool. um, at the beginning of May. Um, so hopefully go to Melbourne for a couple of days before And what's that, that for for LA? Is there anything particular? Just work out yep. with um, Vasatura again and yep. Jordan Lawley. So I'll spend a full month out there from there to Cleveland for a full month. So mm-hmm. that one I'm super looking forward to just to be able to hang around those, you know, type of people and coaches as well and let them get to know me a little bit more. Um, and then from there on to summer league again which another thing that i'm looking forward to a lot just because like you get the first one out the way and you sort of feel it out um last year so 
now going over there, super confident, uh, know what to expect. So um, it should be, yeah, a lot of fun. That's awesome. Have you got a place to live yet in Melbourne? Are you still looking? Got to sort all that out? Yeah, got to sort that all out, um, which hopefully I'll do over the next, you know, couple months. Um, so as soon as I get back to Melbourne, um, it's straight into there and um, you just knuckle down from then on. Yeah, see. And did I hear somewhere that you're hell into shoes as well? This is completely off topic, but... Yeah, very into shoes. I'm fucking into shoes now. Yeah, like, I I'm it. accidentally falling into it. Yeah, it's a very um, expensive trap. It um, is. Yeah, it so really is. Back at my mum and dad's house, I've got a... I took over my brother's room as soon as he left. Fuck yes. uh, turned it into a shoe room. Uh, so I've got... Have you got, as in, you got the slots, you got them on the wall? Yeah, you got? on the wall, the slots. Nice. Um, I think I'm about... I want to say maybe 120 at the moment, so not oh. too extreme, but it's something I definitely want to, you know, keep growing as well. You got 120 so. pairs. Yeah, I say around there, but uh, see, I, I've got like I think I've got like 15 now. I'm like, I'm a shoe that's guy. A, that's now. A that's, good start. Not, that's well, I'm, I'm going to shut up now. Wow. It just slowly builds, so like you don't even like remember, like you know, oh, when did I get those shoes and yep. stuff like that, and. Um, but yeah, I love my shoes and even just getting into fashion now as well. Like it's Sick. just something to get your mind off basketball. Totally. Uh, obviously, like I said, expensive trap. Yeah. But um, what's your best shoe? These would be up here. Yeah. Um, Yeezys. Yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, I do have some like just Burberry like sort of dress like dress sort of shoes as yeah, well. So. Sick. so you're going all. You're not just going like Nike Jordans. Nah. You're going like all shoes. Talking. Like I've got yeah, I've got Jordans, Yeezys. Just love feet. Just love yeah, it. So yeah, so it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun to have. That's so. good. I've just gone more like the Jordan route of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. The it's one, good start. It is good start. Uh, the ones I really want to get, I want the lost and found ones so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're so expensive. I'm just waiting for the raffles That's to come a, up for them. But yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is wild. Yeah. Hey, mate, well, thank you so much for coming down and doing this uh, podcast. I'll stop hassling you to come down <laughs> and do it now. Uh, but I uh, really appreciate it. Like I said, uh, I love watching you play, have loved watching you improve and your journey so far. I'm a massive fan. Um, and uh, I know it's going to absolutely blow up for you because you put in all the hard work. So thank you so much for coming down and uh, good luck for uh, everything over in Melbourne and in the US. Thank you. Thanks, Abby. Me. Love it, no worries. And that's another episode of Fat Chat by Body Magic all wrapped up. Thank you so much for tuning on in. Thank you so much, Luke Travers, for coming down and doing that episode. Uh, before jetting off to Melbourne, and good luck with the season, mate. You're a bloody legend, and I personally took a lot away uh, from that podcast, so thank you very much. I uh, hope everybody out there enjoyed that as much as I did. Get looking into the visualization side of things, guys, because honestly, I've just started doing it with a couple of bits and pieces of uh, my own, and it's made a world of difference. So I uh, get get into that and um, you know try to implement some of the stuff that Luke was talking about. That was amazing. So as always, guys, two quick little favors if you wouldn't mind doing them for me before you shoot on off. It'll take you 20 seconds. If you wouldn't mind following or subscribing uh, on any of the streaming platforms uh, that you're listening to this one on, that would be great. And then the second favor, which would be even a bigger favor, if you wouldn't mind rating a big five stars, again, on any of those platforms that you're listening or streaming it on, uh, really goes a long way into getting more guests on and building the podcast. But uh, bloody love your work. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, Can't wait for the next episode. And I will chat to you soon. Thanks, legends. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.